0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. I entitled this message Jesus the Savior of the World. But let me preference that for you. There's a statement that Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said this: He said that the Son of Man came to, or the, the Son of Man came to seek that which was lost. And that statement in itself is very significant because he used the term son of man because when Jesus came here, he came here as the last Adam to fix what the first Adam had messed up. If you remember the story of creation, when God created Adam, he gave him dominion over his creation. But he gave all of that away when he fell into sin And that's why Satan is called the God of this world. But Jesus came back as the last Adam to fix what the first Adam did and to give us back the authority and the dominion that God had originally given to us. Can you say amen? Amen. So when the Bible says that Jesus is the savior of the world, it's not just people in the world. It's also creation itself. In fact, in Colossians 1:19, I believe it is, it says that there's going to be a reconciliation of things in heaven and things on the earth. And that's talking about God's creation. Another verse is found in Romans chapter eight where it says that creation eagerly waits for the manifestations of the sons of God. That's when there's going to be a resurrection of the creation of God to get rid of all the death get over all decay and there'll be an incorruptible earth planets, stars say amen Amen. Jesus came not only to save us but to save the creation that fell into the sin, amen so with that in mind I want you to turn with me over to John's gospel chapter 1 and we'll look at a very prophetic verse but it's very powerful it's got great impact in it, it says this and the word became flesh say the word became flesh Dwelt among us and we beheld the glory the glory of the only begotten of, of of the father full of grace and truth now this is really powerful because he says the word became flesh and when you think about this what God did is he added to his deity humanity imagine the creator saying I want to save them so bad that I'm going to add to myself humanity itself and the Bible said that when Jesus did this in Philippians 2 verse 4 it said that he emptied himself what does that mean? Jesus emptied himself it meant that the authority and dominion that he had as the second person of the Godhead he set that aside he's still God but he set it aside and he was born as a man say amen and the bio, this is why there's scriptures that blow people's mind they go how come Jesus didn't do any miracles when he was 13 or 15 or 16 or 18 or 20 how come the only time we hear of the miracles of Jesus is at the age of 30 that's when he received the Holy Spirit without measure in other words when he was 30 it said when he turned the water into wine that that was the beginning of his miracles why? Because he was in a position of a man. But he's a perfect man. And he's fixing what the last Adam couldn't fix. And he's fixing it so that we can operate in the same anointing that he's in as a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. One of the verses I love the most is in Acts ten thirty-eight. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed to the devil notice he talks about Jesus being anointed with the Holy Ghost he didn't do any miracles without the Holy Spirit upon him and that's why he made statements like this that people can't understand he said truly I say to you that whosoever believeth on me shall do the works that I have done and even greater works than these shall he do well how can you do that if he did his miracles out of his deity how could any of us? None of us are God. But it's not the way it is. The anointing in his life is what he did the miracles in because he was restoring to us. That's why he told the Holy Church. He said, I want you to wait until you receive power from on high. So when you give your life to Christ and you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes on you and you can operate in the same type of miraculous things that Jesus operated in. Amen? Because Jesus came to save us From the destruction of sin and disease and lack and poverty, he came to deliver every one of us from it. Come on, church, give God praise this morning. This is what it's about, the birth of Jesus. Coming into this world was to equip us to receive the salvation that God always intended for us, to restore Eden again in our lives to restore the blessings that God had originally given to man that's what came in the birth of Jesus when the word was made flesh that's why the virgin birth is so significant because if it wasn't the virgin birth death would have been passed on to Jesus he couldn't be our redeemer there's only one redeemer And that is Jesus there's only one way to heaven that's Jesus there's only one religion come on that takes you to God it's Jesus Christ that's it now I'm gonna make a statement here but it's so true when God raised Jesus up from the dead he didn't exalt his deity he exalted the humanity in Jesus Jesus was already above everything. All things were made by him and for him. He came down here as a child to the lowest spot to bring us up to the highest spot so that we could have dominion. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised up humanity and sat it next to the right hand of the Father so that we could do God's will and we could reign and we could win back and we could win over sin and death and poverty and lack in our lives. That's why Jesus came and did what he did. Now, here's something about this that is significant. The Bible says that that Jesus, the Word, became flesh. In other words, it's one of a kind, one of a class. Only Jesus could do this. He's the perfect match. He's the only one that could deliver you. No one else could. I read a story, uh, this is a true story, by the way, of a couple... And they had their 16-year-old daughter come down with a rare disease, leukemia, uh, for her. And the doctors told her, you know, we can give her chemo and all that, but she'll eventually die without a bone marrow transplant. But we can't do the bone marrow transplant unless we get an exact match. So they looked at the parents, and the match was not right. And the parents had siblings and the match still wasn't right. And so they said, we're going to just pray and we're going to uh, have another child. Now they're in their 40s. So she gets pregnant, they have another child. And sure enough, the child comes out and it's a perfect match for her older sister. So at six months, they take that bone marrow from that little baby and give it to her sister And her sister saved her life because it was a perfect match. And what I want you to know this is that Jesus was that perfect match. When the word became flesh, that was the only way that we could be rescued. The only way that we could come out of darkness because the sin nature had been passed on from one generation to the next generation. And it couldn't come from man. It had to come from the seed of God. That's the only way that you could be saved. That's why I boldly declare that Jesus is the way the truth and the life he is the only way to salvation there is no other way to get saved I don't know I'm excited about this but he is that perfect match and he would put on flesh so that he could be tempted and all opponents like we were all tempted and he put on flesh so that he could be that perfect sacrifice and he could take all of your sins upon himself on his body and he could be punished on your behalf so that one day you could believe on him and God could raise you up and you could be raised up in the same dominion and authority that Jesus has because that's why he said all authority in heaven and earth has been given. In other words, that was the moment God took the fallen man Adam with the new Adam and restored everything hallelujah that's why the church is to call down the will of God on this earth thy kingdom come thy will be done God wants the church to drive out poverty God wants the church to drive out disease God wants the church to drive out bad marriages God wants it because the body of Christ has that authority and power and when we get together and worship God something special happens marriages get restored demonic oppression gets broken why because there's something great about the name of Jesus Jesus and Christmas isn't just about a baby child it's about salvation for each one of us and those who would call upon the name of the Lord I'm going to show you some stuff here about Jesus that only Jesus could reveal to men and that is what God is actually like there's a lot of people in the church the body of Christ generally that don't fight in faith for what our salvation really has been provided for and let me show, read this verse to you. John 1.18, put it up on the screen. I want you to see something that says about Jesus. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. In other words, Moses saw the backside of God, but he didn't, see, he didn't know God intimately like Jesus. There was no one that knew God the Father like Jesus. And this is a, something that I learned early on in my Christian faith that Jesus made it very clear between evil and good and he made it very clear that all good and perfect gifts come from above when he made this statement he said the thief comes but to steal kill and to destroy but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly you may say to yourself well why you know I know that's true but do you really believe it to the measure that Jesus taught it that there was a separation between evil and good because in the church today I hear all the time people say things like this and they don't know what God's like they say things like this God put this disease on me to humble me God took my child because he wanted me to develop this ministry for this or for that and you hear that all the time and I'm very sympathetic when people experience loss don't misunderstand me But is that what the Bible teaches? Is that really the God that we serve, that God would put disease on people, that God would bring lack on people, that God would abuse people in that? Many Christians believe that, and it puts them in a position of passive faith. They don't fight in faith for what our salvation has been given to us. They don't believe in faith what God has promised us in his word, and it's creating a real problem where they have this passive faith, and Satan just kind of runs over them instead of them rising up and saying in the name of Jesus I'm not going to tolerate that in my family anymore I'm not going to tolerate that lack anymore in my life I'm not going to tolerate. I'm going to stand up in faith and believe what God's word says or you can go back to this God is sovereign whatever will be will be now let me ask you that question people say God is sovereign he can do anything that he wants to all the time that's not true He can't do anything against what he said. It is just not true. The word sovereignty, in fact, you won't even find it in the King James Version. It's added in there where the word almighty is used. Almighty means that God is all powerful. Nobody questions that. But a lot of people believe that God controls everything. If that's true, then when someone is being raped, God is controlling that. If someone is being murdered, God is controlling that. If someone is doing some horrendous destruction to someone God is controlling that the reality is God is not controlling that God gave us free choice and God and we can limit what God does in our life or we can expand what Jesus did in our life and Jesus himself said this he said in his own hometown he says he could not do any mighty miracles because of what their unbelief he was able there were people there that day that could have went home and been completely cured of their diseases but yet they couldn't because of the unbelief Jesus' hands were tied and they were unable to do that does God control everything? if he controls everything then there's a problem in scripture the Bible said that the way to God is narrow and few find it isn't that what the Bible says? few find it? First Peter said this, it's not God's will that any should perish. Well, if he controlled everything, no one would perish. Because it is his will that none would perish. Can you say amen, everybody? Look at this verse, Psalm 7. Again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. If He controls everything, you couldn't limit Him. The reality is, it's your faith either access this grace or it doesn't. The Bible said in Romans 5, 1, that we access grace through faith. The word access means uh, to, uh, how do I say it? To have the ticket to get in, admission. That's what it's suggesting. You gain admission to his grace by faith you need favor in your life today you need favor for your family today you need a miracle today I want you to know that it comes through faith and the faith can limit or the faith can release the blessing of God in your life if your faith is little it'll limit it if your faith is not there it'll stop it but if your faith grows in Christ and you realize that Jesus came to deliver you and to set you free and that the abundant life is yours you gotta take it by faith hallelujah then all of a sudden Jesus is more than a baby in the Jesus is the Savior of your family. He's the Savior of your body. He's the Savior of your children. He's the Savior of your country. He's the Savior of the world. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) But you got to have that ability that you would use your faith and, and access it and go for it. And Jesus always would use the kindness of mankind to show that God was more kind. Think about it for a minute. If you went to a court in any part of the country or any part of the world, and there was a a man in there that had a family, and let's say he went up on the roof of his house one day and threw his son off the side because he wanted him to break some bones so that he would depend more on him. Is there any court in the world they would say oh that's okay no problem no they would, they would throw that guy in jail they would put the bond so high he'd never get out Or how about this a, a, fam, a husband or a wife that gave their children a disease and they said well, we gave it to them judge because we wanted the, our kids to be more, more dependent on us most of us would be horrified by that but yet that's exactly what we've done in the church we put God in that category. In fact, you see with insurance policy, it says, you know, it'll pay unless it's an act of God. In other words, if it's a tornado, it's an act of God. If it's a tsunami, it's an act of God. If it's an earthquake, it's an act of God. God's not the one blowing down churches. God's not the one shutting down churches. God's not the one causing our country to be in the trouble it's in. God is not behind that. God is the answer. Jesus' is the solution. He is the one that wants to give us victory. In a time of trial. And you can see why the statement that I have come that they might have life in heaven more abundantly is so prevalent. But you'd be surprised how many people do not actually believe that. And because of that, there's a passiveness in their faith that is robbing them from the reason why Jesus came. And we believe and we we comfort people in all their spots, all their needs. But fight in faith. Join the resistance. I'm resisting a broken family. I'm resisting bad health. I'm resisting poverty. I'm resisting being tormented and controlled by this world system. I'm going to resist it in faith. That's what Jesus is looking for in today's church. That we would rise up in that measure and do it. Now, think about how Jesus talked about these comparisons between man's kindness and his. One time, Jesus said this He said, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. And then he said, Which, which one of you, if your son asked you for bread, would you give him a rock? Or if your son asked you for An egg, would he give him a scorpion? Or if your son asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? And he said, If you, evil generation, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those that ask? And Jesus didn't stop there, he also did the parable of the unjust judge that this unjust judge he said didn't respect God, didn't respect people and you remember the widow comes to him wants justice and kept coming and kept coming, he gets weary of her and finally gives gives her the request she says and then at the end Jesus says this how much more will your heavenly father speedily give to you when you cry out to him day and night, what's Jesus doing, he's showing them the nature of God. That God loves us. That God wants to help us. That God is not the problem. The problem is Satan. The problem is evil that is in this world. And we need to rise and say, Lord, you're in my corner. I'm to deliver. I'm to set free. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to submit to you and resist the devil. And I'm going to see your glory and your power manifested in my life. Say amen. Amen quit praying Lord if it's your will once you learn his will you don't have to pray that anymore Lord I know what your will is I'm believing God right now hallelujah I'm going to stand in faith for it everybody that loved Jesus said amen and amen turn your neighbor and shout that's really good I like it No, oh boy that's weak that really had a powerful impact now let me say this God is not out to get you he's out to bless you Jesus had to remind the people when he was on this earth that was very fast he said I did not come into the world to condemn the world I came into the world that through me you might be saved now a lot of people think that Jesus is out to get them because all the wrong that they're done in their life no he's out to give you Jesus so that you can be forgiven of your sins and you can be set free in fact even people that are Christians sometimes think that God's still out to get them well I didn't do that good this year praise God God's going to give me whatever no did you know that all your sins were paid for in the body of Christ and God was punished or Jesus was punished on your behalf so that you wouldn't be punished Hebrews chapter uh, uh uh, I can't remember the chapter but in Hebrews it says this that when Jesus returns for the church he's returning apart from sin. In other words he's going to judge you for how successful your faith was but he's not going to punish you for everything you've done wrong. Aren't you excited about that? Now, I want to get eternal rewards, so I'm going to believe in faith. I want to get eternal rewards, so I want to have right motives, whatever I do. But I know that God's not going to punish me for my sins because He already punished in the body of Jesus my sins. Lord. Hallelujah! That's good news. That's powerful news, and that brings us to a place that I want you to see, and that place is simply this: that Jesus Christ came. Christmas is about the fact that He's our Savior. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from the consequences of our sins. And he saves us from this world that is in a spiral towards death. But what happens sometimes is we don't believe the word. We believe a lie. Let me read to you a verse, Isaiah 5:20. Look what it says. "'Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, "'who put darkness for light and light for darkness.'" who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We live in a culture today that calls evil good and calls good evil. Think about it. We have in our culture right now, it's considered a good thing to provide drugs to a drug addict, to provide a place to stay for a drug addict that all he wants to do is get stoned all day long And it's a good thing to provide for him. It's a good thing to provide for someone that doesn't want any help, but yet provide for them a home, provide for them food. Paul said that if you don't work, you don't eat. We are to give out to people that can't help themselves. We are not to enable sinners to keep sinning. We are to enable the people that need our help, help. Say amen. What we need is more drug rehab habilitations. That's what we need, not free drugs. Hallelujah. Well, again, you could take that verse and realize in the church, people say, you know, hey, the Lord gave that to you because He wants you to be more humble. You got leukemia because God wants you to seek His face all your life. I would just as soon vomit than to listen to that ungodly stuff that makes Christians passive just accept your marriage falling apart just accept that disease I'll tell you what when the doctor told me there was no cure for my voice issue you don't think that hit my spirit I'm thinking I'm not going to believe this stuff I'm going to believe the Word of God. No, the Word says, by His stripes, I am healed. I believe the Word of God. I spoke the Word of God. I wasn't going to listen to science. I wasn't going to listen to the doctor. I was going to listen to what God's Word says. And I've seen thousands of people saved since God delivered me. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is our provider. But you got but you could have been passive and just took it just took it and say God's teaching you something what kind of a father would teach a child by giving him a disease my heavenly father loves me he loves you he loves your children he doesn't want that oppression in your life but he needs us to access his grace in our times of need so that we can be blessed James 5 7 says submit to God resist the devil and he will flee from you you know in the Greek those are commandments they're not suggestions submit to God submit to the fact that God has delivered you from the curse of the law submit to the fact that you have the blessing of Abraham in your life that is a blessing more than enough with plenty left over submit to the fact that God wants to take sickness out of the midst to thee submit to the fact that God wants you to have a good and healthy marriage in your life submit to the fact that your future is in your faith your future is in what you believe for your future is in that submit to that and resist. Let's join the resistance. Let's resist evil. Let's resist sickness. Let's resist poverty. Let's resist brokenness. Let's resist all that oppression that people are under, worry, and concern. I like Barnabas. Blind man Barnabas. Even mentions his name, what family he comes out of. And I loved him because he resisted when he heard Jesus was coming back he began to cry out Jesus son of David have mercy on us and the crowd said the scripture says threatened him you don't shut up, we're going to thump you. Now, I don't know about you, but it's one thing that someone threatens you when you can see the person. But if you're being threatened and you're blind, I can't see the punch coming. But if my eyes are open, I can see the punch coming. But he resisted it. Even though he couldn't see, he resisted it. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me! And Jesus caught his attention and he called him over. And he know and he left seeing instead of in the condition that he's in because he resisted the Amen. devil. Some of you, your marriages are falling apart, and what you need to do is resist it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me help me Lord I'm not going to shut up until I change I'm not going to shut up until you give me wisdom I'm not going to give up until revelation comes from heaven I'm not throwing away all the years of my life I'm not giving in to the devil I'm going to trust you praise God you got to kind of join the resistance and fight in faith for the things that God has promised you I'll tell you what you do that, it's going to be really powerful. Well, let me wind down with a truth that's so powerful. There's a story in John's Gospel about the man that was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. That's a long time, isn't it? And what God did during that time period is he would send an angel to this pool, and the angel would stir it, and the first person in the pool would get healed. So he hears about it, he goes to the pool been there 38 years but he never is able to get into it first there's always someone that gets in ahead of him it was his turn but yet he doesn't get it and Jesus comes led by the spirit he tells the man he says do you want to be healed and he says this I can't every time it's my turn someone cuts in front of me and I can't get in and Jesus looks at him and he says take up your bed and walk you know what he was teaching him the problem was there was a dependence issue for the man he was depending on everyone but God to deliver him he was extending on his friends to deliver him he was depending on you know a neighbor to, to, to help him When Jesus says, no, all you gotta do is depend on God. Church, listen to me, carefully. I want you to see this. We need to depend on God alone. We don't need to depend on science, We don't need to depend on medicine. We don't need to depend on whoever's in the White House, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. We don't need to depend on our country. We need to depend on the God that controls this country. We need to depend on God for the breakthrough in our life. He's the one. We don't depend on the economy. We depend on the kingdom of God and his reign and his power. God is able to reign in every every particular situation. It's not the country. It's not the politics. It's not the people. It is God is the one we got to depend on. He is the answer. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one that can give you your breakthrough. It don't matter who's in power. If God's in power, he has all the power he needs to cause us to reign. So, is there a dependence on God Jesus came to this world so that we would depend on him for our salvation your future is in the hands of God it's not in the hands of our culture it's not in the hands of science it's in the hands of God and I'm prophesying to you today that your future is great and glorious when you depend on God Your future will never fail you when you depend on the creator who created everything. He's here to bless. He's here to open doors. He's here to make a way in the wilderness. He's here to make a difference. God is here. God is here. Jesus is here. Emmanuel, God with us. He's not out there in the cosmos. God is inside of us ready to minister to us. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.